Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Sports Travel Podcast, where we interview leaders in the sports event industry. This is Jason Gewertz, Vice President of the North Star Meetings Group Sports Division and the Executive Editor and Publisher of Sports Travel. And our guest on this episode is the legendary surfer Coco Ho, who is competing at the U.S. Open of Surfing and has had to overcome a number of obstacles on her way to the World Surf Tour, including a skin condition that millions of people suffer from, but that can be particularly challenging for a surfer. We're going to talk to her about her rise to the tour at age 17, the youngest woman to qualify for the World Surf Tour, her effort to stay in top form, and the experience of competing in events around the world. But before we begin, this episode of the Sports Travel Podcast is being sponsored by the Teams Conference and Expo, the world's largest gathering of sports event organizers and the destinations and suppliers that serve the sports event industry. Teams 22 will be held at the Oklahoma City Convention Center in Oklahoma City, October 24th through the 27th. This year's conference will once again feature the co-location of the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee's SportsLink program and NGB Best Practices Seminar, as well as the annual symposium of the National Congress of State Games. For more details on everything we have planned at Teams this year, please visit teamsconference.com. And now, on to the conversation. If you don't follow surfing terribly closely, you may not know that Coco Ho comes from a legendary surfing family that is considered Hawaiian surfing royalty. Her father is pro-surfing pioneer Michael Ho, considered the godfather of the North Shore surf scene on Oahu. Michael had a 25-year career that included two triple crowns and finished number three in the world. Meanwhile, her uncle Derek was the 1993 world champion and a four-time triple crown winner. And her older brother Mason competed as well, eventually coaxing her into competition. The results were immediate. After a solid amateur career, Coco joined the championship tour in 2009, won the Rip Curl search event in Portugal, and nabbed the Rookie of the Year honor for finishing number four in the world. At 17 years old, she was the youngest woman ever to make the women's tour of the World Surf League. An injury caused her to pull out of the 2019 season, but she's working her way back and plans to compete at the U.S. Open of Surfing in Huntington Beach, California. The knee injury that set her back isn't the only thing in her career that has been a challenge. Years back, she was diagnosed with atopic dermatitis, a skin condition that's exacerbated by exposure to sand, water, salt, sweat, stress, basically all the things that go along with being a professional surfer. In this conversation, we talk with Ho about her upbringing in one of the toughest sports around, her journey to the tour, her ability to cope under adversity, and her thoughts about surfing's debut in the Olympic Games last year in Tokyo. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Coco Ho, welcome to the Sports Travel Podcast. Thank you. Good morning. It's terrific to chat with you. Thanks so much for taking the time out to talk with us. We have written quite a bit about surfing over the years in sports travel. It, you know, it's an amazing sport. It obviously lends itself to some very specific venues just by nature of, of what it is. But we've always kind of admired the, the entire atmosphere and culture around surfing and love the chance to chat with you know leaders in the sports and, and top athletes. So it's just a, a pleasure to have you on for a bit here today. Coco, you know, I'm familiar with your, your background. Uh, some of our listeners may not be, but you come from a pretty celebrated surfing family, including your, your father and your brother, who competed professionally. Did you always want to compete yourself? I mean, obviously, you, you grew up around the sport, but was that something, even for you early on, that was just something you were going to do? I think growing up with an older brother, you're bound to compete. You're bound <laughs> to be a little feisty. Um, so I didn't really like have a moment where I was like, should I compete or not? It was just 
kind of in the blood. <laughs> yeah. And uh, early on, uh, as I understand it, you had to compete uh, in the boys division of events when you were just getting started. Isn't that right? Yep. It was um, the mid 90s, late 90s. There wasn't quite enough girls to like have a division. So I was on that slow rise of um, a lot of women getting involved. And yeah, now it's the lineups are just flooded with women. It's awesome. Yeah, well, I would imagine once you start beating the boys, people uh, start taking notice of you as well. <laughs> and then uh, when you joined the tour professionally, Coco, you were the youngest woman ever to qualify for the World Surf League's Women's World Tour. You were only 17 years old at the time. Did you feel ready for that stage, uh, even at age 17, once you decided to go that route professionally? Looking back, I definitely still looked like an infant at <laughs> 17. <laughs> I was like, wow, we did that. But at the time, it, it felt like no different. You know, it was just, okay, we're going to Australia to compete again, but on a little bigger platform. So it was very natural to just transition from one thing to the next. But looking back, it is quite admirable that you can start your professional career that young and be here at 31 and be considering maybe <laughs> hanging up the jersey. So yeah, it's right. quite, quite funny. And had you had the chance, I mean, had you traveled to events either that your brother was competing at or that your you know, your father was at? I mean, had you been around the tour and kind of that level before you joined and were competing at that level yourself? Yep, exactly. That's kind of how it started was um, I had to go with my dad and brother because I would be home alone. And um, then my dad was just like, just enter. Like, we're already mm -hmm. here. You're already in Western Australia. And um, so, yeah, I was 16 and I entered and I made two finals that year at the U.S. Open and Western Australia. And I was pretty much on tour with that. <laughs> I turned 17 and was on the tour. Right. Well, I mean, surfing is a, a tough sport, obviously a tough sport on the body. Uh, over time, you had to pull out of the season in, in 2019 uh, with an injury and kind of fell off the tour. But obviously, you're, you're, working, your way, you're working your way back. How, how difficult, Coco, has that journey been to kind of get back onto the tour and competing at that level? Yeah, it is hard to have those 11 years consecutive and then finally have your one setback, the, the knee injury in 2019. And then... From there, I kind of realized like there are other options and avenues in my career, but I am like so healthy and happy right now that I, I still want to compete. So I'm kind of just battling with the, um, the constant question of do I want to get back on tour or not and um, going with the motions. Well, I noticed at some point, you know, during your success, it led you to some acting roles. You were in Blue Crush as a young Anne Marie. Mm -hmm. I'm curious how, uh, how the experience of filming the act of surfing compares to competing at that level from surfing. What, what was that experience like having to be a, an actor who was a surfer? Um, that was really fun because I just got to be me. <laughs> um, I actually <laughs> didn't have a role and the director, John Stockwell, like saw me on the beach. I think he just saw this tiny little girl with a pink surfboard and was like what <laughs> is that and uh he created that role for me to be Anne-Marie's like flashback and so all I had to do was really surf and and hang out in the trailers all day and miss like <laughs> half of fifth grade so that was awesome <laughs> 
Wow, well, that's pretty unusual. I don't think uh, that many people get to miss half a fifth grade right. in a movie, but right. it sounds pretty cool. You mentioned the U.S. Open earlier. So that event, uh, as we're talking here, is kind of a right around the corner in Huntington Beach. You know, one of the biggest, uh, certainly one of the biggest events on the circuit in the United States. I'm curious, Coco, what the atmosphere is like at that event compared to others uh, that you've been at. I mean, that one, you know, you're right on the beach in a, in a pretty major city in Huntington Beach. can sense the crowd, I would imagine, but... But I don't know, I'm curious from your perspective what it's like competing at an event like that and and how much awareness you have of the crowd sort of being that close in relative terms. Um, I I think I thrive off like big crowds and and all the love and um, admiration for surfing. You know, everyone's there and just so stoked. So they're up on the pier, they're down on the beach, and um, I feel very comfortable competing in Huntington and uh, maybe it's just because I have been competing there since I was like 13, but it is so fun, you know, to see everyone come from the inland and just having the pier filled and like you'll be out in the lineup and they're all looking down, like screaming your name. It, it's kind of interesting. I feel like it, that would be like equivalent to a stadium, you know. And that's not that, that's not always the case for, for surfing competitions. I mean, just by nature of the sport, sometimes you're you're often some fairly remote places where it just doesn't lend itself to have that many people that up close like you do at the U.S. Open, right? Yes, not at all. So I think that's why we do like enjoy that one event and get that stadium-like feeling. <laughs> and uh, what's it like for you uh, traveling? Do you enjoy traveling? I mean, obviously, you've been able to see all kinds of parts of the world just by nature of, of what it is that you do. Is that uh, an experience that uh, that you've enjoyed over the years? Oh, most definitely. It's been the best part of surfing and getting to travel the world and kind of just dabble in every culture. And I get to go to Peru and hear stories about my dad and Uncle Derek being there in the 70s and 80s. So every event and every country I go to is like a history lesson in itself. So mm-hmm. it's I'm really fortunate and it's been just the most enjoyable part of surfing by far. Do you have uh, any favorite place that you've been to, at least uh, competing uh, on the circuit? Are there some stops on the tour where you get uh, extra excited knowing that you're going to be there? I think I I love most countries that are like really surf happy. And um, I think Australia probably tops the list there. Brazil is really unique in a sense that they're just so passionate and great food and beautiful beaches and Um, Those are just a couple that come to mind, but I think every place I've been, I've loved to some degree. At this point, are there any destinations or places that you have yet to surf that you would like to be able to, or do you feel like you've hit all the ones that are on your personal bucket list? I'm so close to Tahiti. I feel like I need to spend a lot more time there. Um, In Hawaii, you know, we're a quick five-hour flight. So that one I'm kind of sleeping on. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. Where else do I want to spend a little bit of more time? I think for now, it's like the Indonesian islands. Like you can explore so much more than um, the main ones. So, yeah, I think that and Tahiti for sure. Right. Well, you mentioned Tahiti. Tahiti is going to be hosting uh, the next surfing competition at the Olympic Games when even though Paris is hosting, uh, Tahiti is going to have the surfing competition halfway around the world. I'm curious, Coco, as someone who's been around the sport for as long as you have, what was your feeling about surfing being part of the Olympic program? I think it's awesome. Um, It's great to see surfing uh, on that big of a platform. And just to get the eyes from everyone in the middle of America and around the world to 
get to watch surfing and see the beauty of it is really special, you know, for all of us. We love to share that, the magic of surfing. So I, I love it. I support it a thousand percent. And um, I love to see how creative they're getting and just making sure there's good venues, you know, because you want to see surfing in the best case scenario. And, and sometimes it's hard in these Olympic venues. So um, it's perfect. They're figuring it out and maybe wave pools in the future. We'll see. But yeah, it's all good. Surfing's in the Olympics. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, if nothing else, obviously, pe- most people I, uh, are culturally aware of surfing. But I think, you know, a platform like the Olympics really shows off how athletic you have to be to actually compete at that sport. Coco, I'm, I'm curious, are there things that non-surfing fans just don't understand about how difficult it is to compete at this level as a professional surfer? Oh, absolutely. Any com- any other competitor of any sport knows how tiring it can be and add the aspect of traveling around the world. And for me personally, dealing with like specific things, like I've dealt with um, moderate to severe eczema for a long time. So traveling and just the heat, the places that we go to and the stress of competing can really like ignite all those things. So yeah, I think Everyone thinks it's uh, very easy, but um, yeah, competing and traveling can actually be super taxing. Right. Well, you brought up your uh, your eczema. Uh, as I understand it, you uh, suffer from atopic uh, dermatitis, which millions of people in America uh, suffer from as well. And some of the things that trigger that, uh, as you kind of touched on, sun, stress, sweat, sand, salt water, I mean, all the things that uh, would just seem like a miserable component for, for a surfer <laughs> yeah. uh, in, in, in particular. How have you dealt with that uh, over the years? And uh, and when did you first notice that that was an issue for you? I first noticed my atopic dermatitis in my early 20s. I thought it was just a rash and it kind of just lingered and didn't get worse, but didn't get better. And until I um, seeked help, you know, I had to talk to a doctor and that's when it was diagnosed as atopic dermatitis and um yeah for me competing obviously like high stress moments it would become inflamed and then i jump in the salt water and that first duck dive would just be like it was like salt water hitting a wound and i was like this is not normal so that's when i've learned um that that was eczema and i was like how why me or like does anyone else have this and Um, It's kind of unspoken, you know, in surfing, like I've never really talked to any of the other girls and, or um, talked about it, you know, and I've just dealt with it like with by myself. (laughs) So I think Mm -hmm. that's why I'm so excited to be a part of this, the now me beach mode um, program, because it's just inspiring with other stories and people navigating their challenges. And so, yeah, I'm very happy to support this. Excellent. Well, uh, certainly wish you the the best of luck in recovering from that. And and certainly uh, once you get on the waves in in Huntington Beach, uh, I have to say, Coco, with all your other uh, endorsements and things you're involved with, I think you're the first guest on our podcast who has their own signature swatch line, which is kind of cool. It's been exciting to kind of see your career blossom over time. And and I know that the the big competition is coming up here in just a couple of weeks. So uh, thank you so much for taking the time out to chat with us on the Sports Travel Podcast, and we'll all be keeping an eye on you here in the future and and your journey back. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. 
This has been another edition of the Sports Travel Podcast. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe to our podcast on all your favorite platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Past episodes are also available at sportstravelmagazine.com, which features regularly updated breaking news and in-depth features on stories related to the sports event industry. Be sure to visit us daily at sportstravelmagazine.com, at Sports Travel on Twitter and Instagram, and at Sports Travel Magazine on Facebook and LinkedIn. Until then, this is Jason Gewertz for Sports Travel, and thanks for listening.